Welcome to Launchpad, a Tech Blast podcast which reveals what is needed to scale a successful technology startup. In each episode, industry players such as entrepreneurs and investors will discuss one aspect of growing a technology company and offer practical advice for scaling your business. In this episode, we are joined by Martin SFP Bryant, founder of Preseed Now. Martin is a technology journalist with long experience covering startups. A former editor at The Next Web, he also served as community editor at TechNorth before founding business and marketing consultancy Big Revolution and the Preseed Now newsletter. He is also the editor of social media consultant Matt Navarra's weekly Geek Out newsletter. Martin, hello, nice to see you. Hi, good to be here. We've spoken back and forth for a few years. We've been covering a lot of the same ground with real estate startups, etc. You've been covering them for 15 years yourself. Just give me a little flavor of that career. Yeah, so well, I, I started because uh, I was in another job and um, just bored and couldn't find a way to move beyond the job that I had. Uh, so I thought, I like blogging, I like writing. So I started just blogging in my lunch breaks and staying late after work to to, to just work while my while my fingers and my brain was in, in that kind of mode. And, um, and I thought, I could do, I could make a living out of this. So I applied for a job uh, with The Next Web, which was just starting off at the time. And uh, that grew very quickly and uh, um, within like, a couple of two and a half years maybe I, I became editor-in-chief uh and uh, was managing a team of tech journalists around the world which was which was uh really exciting uh covering everything from like the smallest startups to really big you know tech companies like google and facebook and microsoft etc and um uh, th- then after that i i thought i want to work more directly with the tech sector especially in the north of england i've uh, i grew up in the north of england grew up in bradford live in manchester uh, and so i joined tech north um the organization that was set up to uh, promote and develop the tech sector in the north of england uh worked with them for about a year and yeah then i went on to do my own thing uh, first of all with uh, big revolution which was working with uh, startups i still do a bit of this kind of thing um uh, working with startups uh, uh, with uh, things like mainly language related stuff, um, marketing copy and uh, PR and all of those kinds of things. And uh, then beyond branding and then beyond that, uh, yeah, just just figured that there's not really enough coverage of really early stage startups um, out there. And it's a really interesting world that should be documented better. And so in the spring of 2022, uh, I launched Precede Now as a, uh, a twice weekly newsletter. So two of the other newsletters that, that you contribute to are the Baltic Ventures newsletter. Um, and also we talked before about, you know, Matt Navarra's, you know, Geek Out, which is every week. Mm. What does that involve and how, how do you help them stand out, you know, with that language idea in mind? Yeah, so... Um... With um with with Matt, uh, that's like a really popular newsletter. That's got uh, ten tens of thousands of uh, uh, subscribers. Uh, uh, getting on for fifty thousand, I, I I I lose track, but uh, a good number of uh, social media professionals um, around the world. And for for them, it's really about summarizing all the news that has happened in the social media world in the past week. And that's a lot of work. That's a a lot of. Uh, it's all about being concise. Uh, sometimes uh, some of it is, is about just bullet points and saying this has happened, this has happened, this has happened. You need to know about all of this. Um, some of it's about explaining it more, putting it into context. Uh, so there's there's some analysis pieces we do. Um, Matt has a very um, uh, unique, engaging style of writing, which is uh, right there at the top of the newsletter. Um, so uh, really, it's about curation and uh, 
putting things into a format that works for that audience. Uh, with Baltic Ventures, they brought me in because they uh, wanted a, a newsletter that wasn't just, here's what we're doing this month. Uh, here's um, the startups we're working with. Um, here's a bit of an update. Uh, they wanted it to be something that people actually wanted to read uh, and would look forward to opening every month. And so uh, we took more of a content-led approach. Uh, so there's uh, analysis of what's happening in the tech industry, that people who either are startups on the Baltic Ventures Accelerator program, or maybe are the kinds of startups that might want to be on it, um, would find interesting. Um, and also profiles of people that if you're in that world, you you should know about um, uh, kind of from tech investment and startups you should know about, and uh, even a fun bit of uh, uh, Liverpool lingo at the end of each edition as well. Well, that, I think that's really important to, we'll, we'll come on to those tips a little bit later in terms of, you know, if a company's looking to to sort of launch their own newsletter or a person, I guess, it's not just about compiling stuff. And, I mean, it, Geek Out is curation, but actually for Baltic Ventures, it's about actually creating something that people want to read, something completely unique. So we'll come on to that a little bit later. But mm. let's just stay with this, the startups thing for now. And, you know, we do that a lot of that with Business Cloud and now Tech Blast, where we talk to those companies that, maybe don't have venture capital investment yet. They're, they're kind of, you know, maybe scrapping for survival a little bit. They're not yet in the public eye. They might not even be on your crunch bases, et cetera, or, or certainly prominently so because they haven't recorded funding rounds. Maybe they've got grant funding. You know, what is it in particular that attracts you to those companies? It's the fact that they are doing something brand new. And often you can find companies that have done uh, that are working really at the cutting edge, and they're, they're doing things that uh, uh, other companies, uh, bigger companies, might not do because uh, they're they're focused on making money. So uh, they're already kind of further down that road, and uh, uh, innovating into new areas might be more difficult. Um, uh, it, it's stuff that's come out of universities. Often it's university spinouts, it's PhDs, it's people doing really exciting things based on original research. Um, often it might in the cases where it's not uh, somebody from an academic background, it, it's often someone with um, very specific domain knowledge that they're something they've built up over time. And they've taken that knowledge and they've turned it into a product that they've always thought that should be that should exist. And uh, it's a very uncertain world. And I think a lot of the media shies away from covering that part of um, the startup life cycle because the startups often haven't proven much yet. They haven't raised money, which would be external validation that they're, they're something good. But, you know, I, I having looked at startups for so long, I, I like to think I've got quite a good sense of, uh, you know, this is a good one. This is a questionable one, etc. And uh, there are ways you can uh, get some idea of uh, you know this is actually a credible thing rather than this is just um you know pie in the sky nonsense uh and uh from there it's just like here's a startup now two two months after we cover them they might have pivoted into something completely different they might have discovered that actually what we were doing didn't work commercially even though we thought it did the early signs said it did so we need to change or they might go on to great things um and uh, really it's about uh, helping people in the industry and beyond uh, discover those startups at an early stage there's always a pivot of some kind so whenever, whenever <laughs> you interview one of these companies that scaled they've raised investment and, and they're kind of flying that is the question you always have to ask, right? You know, you know, was there a pivot at some point? You know, and it's like, oh, we, we were coming at the market in the wrong way or from the wrong end, or you know, COVID happened, we had to completely change our business model. You know, that yeah. that's a common theme, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and uh, COVID was at the birth place of a lot of businesses as well. The whole um, lockdown period uh, uh, 
spawned so many business ideas, uh, either people who were doing other things and thought, actually, I should turn this into a business or were just like their business slammed to a halt and they thought we have to shut this down and we have to start something new. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's been a very interesting, so many of the companies I've written about have uh, started during um, lockdowns, people uh, collaborating because uh, they were stuck inside and uh, it's interesting what can cause uh, businesses to find that spark of inspiration to begin. You're read by a lot of um, VCs, for example. So you're something of a, of a reference tool for them to look at the next stage of companies that may be coming up. A little bit like what we do, I guess, with Tech Blast and our startups 2.0 lists. What approach did you take to building the content, though, for, for Pre-Seed Now, seeing as it's a newsletter-led um, organization? Um, yeah, so uh, really it's about finding interesting startups. So the the, the, the core idea of Pre-Seed Now is it's a profile of a different B2B or deep tech startup from around the UK every Tuesday and Thursday. And, you know, there are short breaks we take in the year in the summer where tech investors who are our primary audience are often away. So we change the content of it. In That's August. not and true. Then, you just want to uh, go on holiday. How dare you have a week's uh, holiday in the summer? <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then around Christmas again, it's like, um, is anyone actually going to read this? Is there any pointers putting it out there? Um, so uh, we're, we're sensible about that. But um uh, yeah, the idea, the core idea is it, we have these profiles, these in-depth profiles every Tuesday and Thursday. And uh, so a lot of that is about sourcing the most interesting companies. And so uh, that's um, a combination of uh, my network. I work with um, uh, uh, Samantha Deakin. Uh, she's uh, head of growth uh, here at Precede Now. And um, so she's got a great network as well. She's been involved in the startup uh, scene for around the same amount of time as I have. Uh, and so uh, together we can source lots of interesting companies, uh, but increasingly uh, as the profile of uh, Precede now has grown, uh, startups come to us. Uh, and uh, so, uh, so so it's great when we get a cold pitch, often the cold pitches are some of the most interesting companies. Uh, they kind of uh, just come from a LinkedIn message and uh, then you look into them and oh, actually, no, yeah, you're really, really good. So, uh, so yeah. Um, and then from there, it was like, well, how can we expand this? Um, uh, is is there other kind of content we could we could put out there so a few times a year we'll do different kinds of things as well we'll um expand into the kinds of it's often the kind of thing i i've wondered about myself um and i've never seen written about anywhere like what how do how do investors at a really really early stage when there aren't really any financial fundamentals at play within the business it's still so early how do you do due diligence on that so we did a piece on like what does tech do, uh, due diligence look like um, at, at Precede, um, and um, I think that one was syndicated by by another uh, publication because they were like, um, oh, actually, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. That's really interesting. Um, and then another one, we just let uh, let founders anonymously vent about investors and um, what bugged them about the uh, the investment world, um, and uh, that one did really well. So uh, and we've started occasionally profiling investors as well because uh, in the end, it's all about connecting the dots of uh, the early stage world. That's where we want to be. We want to be at the center of the early stage startup world in uh, as many ways as possible. It's like a, a restaurant menu, as I often think, where <laughs> there's different types of content. Not everything appeals to everyone, but you know, hopefully when you produce that newsletter, it's got some original content, it's got a feature, an in-depth interview, like you say, someone venting about, about VCs. <laughs> I, love that, I love that idea. Um, and then some hard news for Business Cloud, it would be uh, and, and tech last to an extent there's some hard news on there as a reference point as well yeah. but actually for you and i'm going to put the words in your mouth for you it's about providing something that they can't get anywhere else isn't it 
Yes, absolutely. I, I, I really think that uh, if you're going to create a newsletter that people are going to want to open, you have to be offering something uh, that um, they can only get by opening that newsletter. Uh, there, there are a handful of newsletters I read and I will always read them because they've got something uh, that I won't get anywhere else. So uh, a great example is Platformer. That's um, uh, done by a journalist uh, in the States called Casey Newton. And he uh, writes, uh, his colleague Zoe, they write about... Uh, they're often breaking news about um, tech platforms. Uh, and there's so much coverage of tech pl platforms out there, of, of the big tech platforms. You know, what's Elon Musk done now? What's, what's um, uh, you know, whatever social platform, what, what are Meta doing now? Um, and uh, But they do it in such a unique way and they break so many unique stories that I know that every edition is going to have something that I'm not going to read anywhere else, uh, the, whether it's uh, a whole story that they've broken or it's just some really good analysis of a story that's been happening elsewhere, uh, drawing on conversations they've had with people that uh, maybe, you know, maybe they're not directly quoted, but uh, you know that they've got great sources. So uh, that's just one example. Axios newsletters, I go to them because they, again, they sometimes break stories, but they uh, often are just telling you about things that have happened that other people might be covering as well but the way they cover it uh they have a, an ethos of um, smart brevity and uh that so they break things up into bullet points and they uh are very good at neatly summarizing it and saying here's something you should uh here's an, uh, something you can impress a bit of knowledge about this you can impress people with by sounding smart um why is this important what's going to happen next uh just very easy to read and easy to very quickly get uh, a summary of what's happened. So uh, you've got to have something like that. Um, you've got to have some kind of originality about what you're doing and a, a unique reason uh, to open that email versus anything else. Otherwise, people sign up for your newsletter because they went, oh, that sounds interesting. But then this happens to me all the time. I sign up for a newsletter and then by the third or fourth one, I get used to seeing it pop up. I, I archive it without reading it or I think oh, I'll read it later and then I don't I end up deleting it or whatever. And it's very easy to get into that. So um, if you can get uh, a really good open rate, um, then uh, then you're, you're doing well. What's a good open rate then? I know what ours is. You tell, tell me what if I'm right. Well, yeah. Uh, so uh, at um, uh, Geek Out and Precede now, um, we kind of aim for kind of 50% um, uh open rate um, which is a lot higher than marketing emails um and and i think it's probably more you know 40 to 50 um uh for a content-led uh email that's um that's uh focused on original content uh is is really really good um obviously you know if you're if you're in, if you're in marketing you you expect you know single digit open rates and things and uh you know that but that's a very different kind of email um and so uh yeah i think if, you, if you're in in that kind of region um you, you you're generally doing well yeah, it's. I think we're in the high thirties for business cloud. As as mm. I think, what's key is actually, like you say, being. If you can't be first with the news, then be best with the news. I mean, yes, you can't apply that to everything. Sometimes it's especially about an investment, and and you can add a bit of of um, your own knowledge in there, and a little bit of context and a bit of insight, and and take out all the <laughs> all the superfluous, you know, fluffy award winning this and actually <laughs> that's. <laughs> But actually, if if you can offer some insight into the journey a company's been on, because you've you know maybe worked with that company before in terms of like they've spoken on a panel at an event, or you've or you're aware of them, or you've interviewed them, then you know that is really of value to the reader, isn't it? 
Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, with Business Cloud, you know, I, I know that uh, you and Chris, you, you've you've uh, clearly got a very um, uh, you, you've got a deep knowledge of um, the the kinds of businesses you cover, and uh, I know I'm going to get a perspective there based on all that knowledge and all uh, those years of uh, of covering these companies and talking to these companies. That's going to be different from um, other. Uh, similar publications so uh so yeah uh, it, it's about having that, that something that reason to be you know that, that reason that people will come to you versus anywhere else how should a newsletter be laid out i mean you've already sort of covered this a little bit in terms of bullet points etc but you know in terms of the the kind of balance between images and text uh yeah so uh for me the test i do is i read through um before i finish a, a newsletter i will scroll through and say Am I getting bored visually by this? Are my eyes getting bored? Uh, and th that's the way you've got to look at it. You've got to keep people scrolling. And that's a combination of images. I think um, having a good, strong image somewhere near the top, um, either right at the top or very close to the top is important. Um, with Preseed now, we tend to put it just after a, a brief text introduction. Uh, we'll have a, a, you know, a, a, an image to kind of signal this is the start of the main article, for example. Um, but, uh, but then beyond that, it's even just presenting the text in a way that will keep people scrolling. So short paragraphs are very important. Um, uh, if uh, you're used to uh, academic writing, for example, um, they are very, very long paragraphs. Uh, but uh, we're on the web, if you want to keep people scrolling, uh, you really need to have you know one, two sentences is perfectly fine. Sometimes more. I try to have no lot, no more than four or five lines to a paragraph, um, kind of visually on the screen. And obviously, screen size affects that. So you know, if you can preview on different screen sizes, you know, I always look on the mobile view. Is does this paragraph look really long on mobile? Will someone stop scrolling if they're on the train or something and they're scrolling through um so that's important and a way you can do that as well is with bullet points and numbered lists if that can be useful uh i love using those where i can uh it can really help people um access information quickly uh in a way that uh, is is visually interesting um and helps break up that uh that kind of wall of text that you absolutely must avoid so it's a combination of images and just being uh, smart with how you lay out the text uh, just that test is are my eyes getting bored as I read this? You've already touched a little bit about um, the consistency, the importance of that. So you people know your newsletter is coming on a Tuesday or Thursday, unless you have the the goal to go on holiday or, or celebrate <laughs> Christmas. How dare you? Um, what other sort of uh, factors should people consider when building a newsletter? Um, so yeah, uh, uh, consistency is obviously important. Um, uh, I think the other one uh, is... Um, which is very important is uh, remembering it, whatever platform you're using, make sure that you back up your mailing list. Uh, Cause it's very easy uh, to rely on the platform to have all your emails in there. Uh, but uh, if they shut down overnight, you, you never know, or they have some massive system failure or they get hacked or whatever it might be. And you lose all those emails that's a massive problem. Uh, some people, when they're setting up a newsletter, will uh, maybe integrate it with a CRM they've already got. And some platforms, uh, newsletter platforms, are better at that than others. Uh, but uh, yeah, whatever you're using, just make sure you've got a backup of that, that email list because uh, in the end, uh, that's what it's all about, isn't it? That, they're your audience. Uh, so whether that's then you know, backing up into, into a CRM or whether you're just regularly setting a reminder to yourself, um, if you've got a smaller kind of operation, 
uh, setting a reminder to yourself to regularly download your email list as a, a CSV. Uh, obviously, keep it somewhere safe. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, that's so important because uh, otherwise you won't have a newsletter anymore. And indeed a business, which is why I have a reminder yes. every Friday at 5.30. <laughs> finish at 5.30 to say, download your CRM, download your mail, <laughs> your mail database, and, and mm. a few other things as well. Um, what's been your approach to monetization? How do you monetize your newsletter? Uh, so Preseed now has evolved in that um, sense uh, over time. So when we first started, my original idea was uh, that the first few editions would be free to read entirely. And then after that, we'd basically just go to, to entirely paywall. We'd occasionally do like a free to read full, you know, uh, full email where it would have a roundup of all the companies we'd covered. But other than that, you would need to pay to read anything. But I quickly kind of, I suppose wussed out of doing that because I thought if I, it, you know, especially when you first start off, you don't have that many paying subscribers. Um, will will people actually uh, click pay to read this or not? Um, and so I was kind of a bit hesitant to do that. But at the same time, I realized that the startups like to have something that's publicly readable. So something they can share. And that's great for growing our, 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 our email list as well. Um, startups say, oh yeah, here's, uh, we've been featured on Pre-Seed Now. Uh, here's an explanation of what we do. Uh, some actually link to their uh, Pre-Seed Now article on their homepage because it's a good way of um, explaining what they do. Uh, it's kind of third party validation that what they're doing is interesting. Uh, so uh, so yeah, um, so we started with that. Um, I, so I started doing instead uh, a paywall uh, about two thirds of the way through. Uh, so the bottom usually is between half and a third, uh, bottom third of the email is paywalled. Uh, is if you're paying a subscriber, you get access to more information. So it has information about you know, funding rounds and uh, the kinds of information that investors might be more interested in and that kind of more advanced stuff. Uh, then um, last year we thought well let's expand that let's launch a uh, a database of all the companies we've covered so we launched the Preseed now startup tracker uh, that's very soon going to uh, become a um uh, a web-based product it's currently uh, a database you have to kind of log in through another app to access but uh, we're going to have a, a proper web-based version with a proper login and everything and uh, that'll be uh, far more uh, useful and easy to access for people um, at present though uh, so we work with a company called the tech department to build that and um, really looking forward to launching that uh, the problem was um, that uh, at the moment, because we're using Substack for our email platform, uh, the issue is uh, that you can't add extra tiers. So if you add extra features like, say, a database, you can't say, oh, I'm going to charge more for that because you can only charge uh, a paid tier. You might be able to add a group subscription or something uh, uh, or a free tier, there's no flexibility there. Um, and obviously Substack then take 10% of everything. So if you're selling something that Substack has nothing to do with, like the database, then they wouldn't, you wouldn't want them to take 10% anyway. So we're actually looking at uh, moving to a different platform, uh, something that's a bit more flexible that will then allow us to, uh, over time, grow our offering in different ways. Uh, so, and then, and then the content obviously will stay uh, partially paid uh but it just becomes part of the mix of a, of a broader offering yeah you're right about companies wanting to you know if you say to a company yeah you take the time to speak to me you're going to write it up all that kind of stuff and then you say by the way 
this is going to be behind the paywall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Their exactly. eyes kind of roll, don't they? You know, a hard yeah. business person would say, you know, charge for your content. But I think the reality is actually it's the added value that, that you want to charge for, isn't it? And, and people yeah. get that, you know, whether it's a pitching event with Tech Blast, whether it's, you know, your newsletter where you're sort of saying to the investors, come and, you know, do into the startup tracker. And, and, and that's also obviously the recurring revenue as well. So content businesses is obviously a service business. It's very uh, time intensive, very resource intensive. But actually, if you can get that kind of uh, platform of your historic articles, your historic newsletters, the data that goes around it, and get people to sign up to that and actually service it themselves, then that that is more a kind of traditional tech business, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I should should add that we also uh, have uh, some uh, sponsorship occasionally, advertising. So th there's some of that as well. Uh, so that's a way of monetizing the free emails. Uh, so it's a mix of things, really. Uh, and um, we're you know a, a startup of a kind ourselves anyway. We're certainly a, a small media business uh, kind of expanding beyond media uh, over time. Um, what is media? That's a question. Yeah. Is a database media? Is... Uh, um, it depends what we're going to move into next. We've got lots of opportunities, so uh, we'll see how we go. Anything you want to talk about now, or or is that just staying between you and Samantha? Um, I, uh, well, well, when we're ready, um, we want uh, we want to be sure that we're we're announcing the right things. Um, but uh, all I'll say is uh, we're announcing the right things that we've definitely made sure that uh, we're confident we're going to go ahead with. Um, so uh, so 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 I won't give it any specifics away right now except to say that i want to make sure pre-seed now is right at the center of the uh early stage uh tech startup world in the uk you mentioned substack uh jamie hardesty mm -hmm. so when we know both know well um uses his substack to deliver his friday um news roundup from of, from the northeast tech sector so it's useful for that but you say mm. it has its limitations with with trying to monetize and create those kind of tiers is there any other pro, pros and cons for other you know newsletter platforms for anyone looking to launch it because obviously you start it you, you come there and you go oh do we go to mailchimp for example do we yeah. go to substack and until someone like your good self tells them <laughs> potential yeah. potential for each you don't know yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are quite a few different platforms now, so I maybe can't go through all of them in detail. But uh, yeah, people obviously think of Mailchimp because Mailchimp is, uh, you know, it's been around for years and years and years. Um, it's definitely more of a marketing email type thing. Uh, its interface is far more designed for marketing emails. Its pricing is far more around advertising and marketing rather than around um, content. Uh, so if you are thinking of a content-led newsletter. Uh, then it's not really the, suitable. It's not really the right kind of platform. Um, there's a, a campaign monitor, which um, again is is more kind of marketing led, but maybe has a bit more of the ability to do the the uh, content side of things as well, and kind of hooks into the CRMs and things like that. Uh, on the more specifically content led thing, Substack is definitely the most famous one, and it's great. It, it, its interface is very minimal. Um, it, it it doesn't offer a lot of customization. You can't really, you know, if you wanted to do a three column. Uh, layout or something which i wouldn't necessarily recommend for an email but uh but uh, if you want that kind of flexibility to have different colored text and um uh, all sorts of different layouts and things uh it, it doesn't offer that at all it's very it's very kind of opinionated in how it thinks your newsletter should look uh which is fine for a lot of things because it, it looks good um it, it looks uh you know it, they've thought hard about how it's presented and so it's easy to read it's easy to put together the the, the interface works really well 
Um, another consideration with Substack is their content moderation policy, which is very minimal. They have this kind of, uh, we just want to let whoever come to our platform and publish whatever they want. Uh, which, which is sounds... it's in the news at the moment because yeah. there's a lot of... Um... So let's call them far right people are using yeah. that newsletter and they and because of their hands off approach and and mm. a few prominent people have, have sort of pulled away from the platform as a result yeah 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 so um uh, and they they responded to that initially by saying that they um you know they they don't like it either but um in the end it's better to uh, provide a platform for these people to expose their views you know uh sunlight is the best disinfectant and things uh, i'm not sure about that i don't think i don't agree with that to be honest i think um uh, in the end you are associating your brand with um incredibly hateful people and um uh, that that's not a good look and uh, by extension if you are on that platform you are kind of associating yourself with the brand that then associates is happy to associate itself with and take money from uh, these people so uh, so yeah um, they uh, substack did uh, say after all the furore around it say they were going to remove i think five um uh nazi linked platform uh, um, uh, newsletters but not all of the ones had been found by people who'd been looking into this and they didn't say they were going to remove things like that um as standard uh, in future so that's a problem that, that that's a, that, that's that's something to think about um when you choose a platform you know are they are they taking money from people that you might um morally uh, not want to be connected with or just even just for business reasons might not want to be connected with uh, so that's something to think about there are other ones beehive is a great uh, uh, platform we use that for geek out uh, that's developing very quickly uh, that's uh, built by uh, the tech team behind uh, a very popular us business newsletter called morning brew they uh, went away from that to launch their own startup um, so it's well worth looking at that um, ghost is another platform as well uh, so th there's an increasing number of options out there. And WordPress, no, no less. I, I wasn't even yeah. aware of this. It's, it's well hidden, this, isn't it? You you mentioned this to me. Yeah, to me yeah. So so I only know about this because uh, I saw people talking about leaving Substack um, on social media and uh, people who work for Automatic, who are the parent company behind WordPress, uh, popped up and said, oh, did you know that um, WordPress offers a, uh, a newsletter platform as well um, that kind of integrates with uh, your, your blog and things? So... Um, uh, I don't think they necessarily explain it very well, but uh, it's worth looking out there for it if you use WordPress anyway, because um, that might be something that, that could work for you. Okay, so this is part of the pod where we ask you for your rocket fuel. So mm -hmm. basically su summarize what you've told me today in a few quick fire tips. So if someone was only going to listen to, and I'm sure they'll listen to the whole thing, but if someone was only going to listen to 30 seconds sure. to a minute of this podcast, what is it that you would tell them? Okay, so first of all, make sure you're providing something that people can't get anywhere else, something that will uh, make them open your newsletter and look forward to opening your newsletter and tell other people about it. Because uh, if you're not doing that, uh, you're not going to get anywhere. Uh, make sure that people's eyes don't get bored. So uh, break up your text. Don't have big block paragraphs. Uh, uh, break it up into chunks of text uh, small chunks of text uh with bullet points uh images to help uh guide people through and add some visual interest as well um consistency is important make sure that if you're publishing 
uh, every week. Uh, you publish the same day every week around the same time. It doesn't have to be bang on exactly the same time, but uh, make sure people get used to seeing you in their inbox at a certain time. Because if you break that, then people, you know, you're out of the rhythm and people might stop opening you because uh, you, you you suddenly appear two weeks two weeks late and uh, on a different day and then they're not in their inbox at the time um i used to do another newsletter years ago and um uh, mainly just to kind of scratch the mental itch of of writing every day and uh, people who uh, read that uh, looked forward to it tying in with their morning coffee break so they would uh, when it arrived in their inbox they would uh, have a make a coffee and sit down and read it um and so having that kind of relationship in terms of time with your audience is really important and you get that through consistency um uh make sure you back up uh that would i say would be the, the third one make sure you you own your audience uh and and can take them elsewhere when you want to um and uh, i think that would that would they would be the main ones well then we always finish every podcast with a little bit of uh personal info about a person you know <laughs> trying to you know who is martin bryant tell me something about yourself that might surprise me or the listeners so uh, a few years ago, I started using the name Martin SFP Bryant, uh, which was kind of personal SEO, because uh, back when I uh, was uh, working for other people, it wasn't as much of an issue, but uh, it became more of an issue when I started working for myself and I wanted people to be able to find me and they were Googling Martin Bryant, they would find Australia's most prolific mass murderer. Uh, who has exactly the same name as me, including the same middle name. And so I couldn't even call myself Martin J. Bryant because uh, he's got the same uh, middle initial. So I thought, well, how, 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 do, how do I deal with this? And years ago, I used to make music under the name The Starfighter Pilot. And so I'd been uh, using social media under the name Martin SFP for years. Uh, and most of my usernames around the internet uh, uh, for different platforms is uh, Mar uh, Martin SFP. So I thought, well, how about I call myself Martin SFP Bryant? And then that will be instant SEO because uh, Google, uh, for example, will have uh, social profiles for that. And it worked. It worked. And so uh, it can be a problem. You know, you appear on like the BBC or something and uh, you have to kind of convince them, please call me Martin SFP Bryant. And usually they're like, oh, did you make that name up? That, I don't think it sounds a good idea for us to call you that. But then when you explain it, often they'll kind of uh, explain, uh, realize it's something a bit like a stage name almost. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, um, uh, to disassociate myself with a, a murderer, I uh, I partially changed my uh, my profession name so you gave yourself three letters in the middle of your name rather than after your name you didn't think that's yeah. real <laughs> yeah absolutely and uh yeah it's uh it, it's a it's a nice little talking point as well um uh, i just have to remember to not 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 tell the same person twice because it becomes boring if you say that it's tell it to someone twice but uh it's interesting enough that it's, uh, it's a nice little uh dinner party piece or or networking uh, event uh piece to to mention to people Excellent. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure and, you know, getting all your insight into, you know, crafting a knockout newsletter as the podcast is called, but actually mm -hmm. just all those personal tips on, on, on the consistency, you know, the, the tone of voice, you know, images, the different platforms you can use back everything up or you don't have a business anymore. <laughs> no, this is absolutely, absolute gold for our listeners. So thanks ever so much. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. It's been a lot of fun. If you've got any feedback on today's episode, scribble it down on LinkedIn, X or YouTube, or drop us an email at podcasts at businesscloud.co.uk. 
If you enjoyed the episode and found it useful, please like and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to be among the first to hear insights from renowned entrepreneurs and investors. Thank you for listening and see you soon. Launchpad is a Tech Blast podcast produced in partnership with pan-European B2B tech PR and communications agency Titan. New episodes are streamed on Tech Blast's YouTube, LinkedIn and Twitter pages from 12pm on the final Friday of every month. Or you can find all episodes on YouTube and all major audio podcast platforms. Subscribe now so you never miss an episode.